You're listening to Up to the Mic. If you want to learn about the struggles and triumphs of starting a business, performing for sold-out arenas, or inspiring those you lead, Up to the Mic is the show for you. Throw on some headphones and get ready to listen as our host, Vinny Hale, sits down to showcase the stories of those who deserve their stories be told. From young entrepreneurs to critically acclaimed musicians and so much more, Vinny helps compile a season of interviews that inspire listeners to follow in the footsteps of his guest. Welcome to season two. Sorry for the interruption, but this podcast is brought to you by Footy International. Footy International is a forward-thinking, sustainable apparel company based in Austin, Texas, that creates socks geared for worldwide adventures. The co-founders engineered these socks from plastic bottles to optimize comfort, durability, and sustainability, all with an entirely USA-made supply chain. With specifically added technology like antimicrobial treatment and ribbed sole knitting, you can wear these everywhere you explore, every day. And socks are just a start for this company. Keep an eye out for their new product releases coming soon. Save the planet and your feet today by using code UPTOTHEMIC10 for 10% off site-wide at footyinternational.com. My next guest is a 23-year-old entrepreneur running his own real estate company based out of Columbus, Ohio. His Ukrainian heritage gives him a unique outlook on the current state of U.S. politics, and his new company is soon to launch in Miami, Florida. Please welcome my next guest, Boris Pasikaluk. Boris, thanks for being here, man. How's it going? How's it going, man? How are you doing today? I'm doing well. I'm so glad that you were uh, so appreciative and so willing to hop on an episode of the podcast for me. It was it was a quick turnaround time, um, and you were one of the people that I found through Instagram, which we'll dive into here in just a little while. But for those of you who don't know, um, I'd like for you to just kind of give a brief introduction of yourself. Tell the people who you are, where you're from, what you do, um, and then we'll kind of dive a little deeper and get into all the nitty gritty. Does that sound cool? Yeah, 100%. So uh, my name is Boris Pasikluk. I was born here. My whole family's from Ukraine. Um, I was the first one born in the uh, the U.S. There's seven of us. I have seven siblings. And I got married a couple of years ago. Um, I own a real estate company here in Columbus, Ohio. And I don't like what I do. Um, so I'm just chasing money at this point, um, which is I'm very authentic and I very I keep it really real. So um, yeah, I mean, I'm just I've been discovering my new passion and uh, I'm just ready to ready to grow. So how did you initially become interested in real estate? I know you say it's not your love <laughs> or your passion now, but but what was the original draw? You're going to love this, dude. All right. So I so I graduated high school early. Um, I graduated high school a year early. And, um, my parents saw 17 when I graduated, I should have been, uh, yeah. So I graduated my junior year. Um, cause I literally went to, I couldn't stand it. So I've always had like an entrepreneurial business mindset and I couldn't stand it. And, um, so I literally went up to the principal's office. I'm like, look guys, I mean, they're dropping out or you guys like, we got to figure something out for me to, um, graduate early. Like I'm down to stack the classes, do whatever I do when I do like, and my parents were like, hell no, like you need this diploma. Cause they believe in the whole American dream and think that everything has to be associated with high school, college, this and this. Right, and right. Um, so they were a little disappointed. Um, so like I, so I graduated high school early and then I was super lost. I was I hit 18 years old and I'm like, dude, what am I doing with my life? So I sat around for like six months, didn't do a single thing. And then my parents were like, man, you need to go to college. And I'm like 18 years old. Don't know what I want to do. I know I, I like, I was always working, I was working my ass off. I was working like 50, 60, 70 hours a week. 
um, at a few different companies. But um, so I went to college for about a month and a half. And so I signed up for college just to make them happy. Like I went to the tour, like they, they were super happy with that. Um, and then one day I, something hit like click for me in class and it was like, like the exams coming up, like whatever. And like, I was sitting there in the, in the math class and I'm like, bro, I hate this. Like, I hate this. And so I literally Googled like this is crazy dude. I Googled best ways to work for yourself and make a lot of money. <laughs> real estate popped up and I, I had like two grand in my account total. Um, so I went ahead and just a booked the damn thing. I paid for the course while I was in class. And then I went to the, whatever the, the Dean, whatever the hell you call it and dropped out of college that day. And then I like the next week I was in real estate classes. I didn't even tell my parents anything. I was just doing my thing. And so I was taking classes every single day while working full time. And then, uh, yeah, just kind of ran with it. It's been five years. Well, I can guarantee you, you were not the only person to have ever hopped online and typed, you know, best ways to work for yourself and make a lot of money. Because that's got to be one of the most like highly advertised kind of, uh, I guess, schemes or businesses or, yeah. or searches that you'll find on the internet these days. It's hard to click through like certain YouTube. I watch one YouTube video about, you know, how to become a better podcaster. And God forbid, I've got like 9 million advertisements coming through the next video talking about how I can make money with this course and that course. And that's not to, you know, yeah, not validate anything that you do, because obviously it's worked pretty well for yourself. But there is a lot of uh, a lot of noise out there. There's a lot of noise out there. A lot of noise out there. It's insane. You got to sift through it all. But OK, so. What was your favorite part when you jumped into the real estate? I'm assuming probably working for yourself. And then what, what's kind of taking you away from it now? What, what's making you want to want to make a switch here? So I so for I think I got into it because so I was working full time at a job, which I hated. I, I, I couldn't stand the, the concept of clocking in, clocking out. So at 19, I quit that job and I literally promised myself that I will never clock in or clock out again in my life. And I just dove in into real estate. And um, so I liked the fact that like when I like, dude, I remember when I quit my job the next day, like I was at the office grinding and the next day I went and took like a two hour lunch break. And I went on the, one of those electronic scooters and rode around town and went to Starbucks and just like, and I was like, holy shit, I'm free. Like I'm free. And like, it felt good. Like I had no like promise of income coming in, but I felt free. And I was like, I will never, ever give up this feeling in my, in my life. Um, so that was my favorite part of it. And then years go by and, uh, real estate kind of, I, I'm, I realize I'm very transactional. I like to like get one, like just keep going. Like, I like, I don't like to freaking make like relationships with everyone I work with. Like, unless like I, what I realize is like, I like B2B so business to business. So it's like, these people are logical thinkers and like really easy to talk to. Like it comes down to the numbers. There's no emotions. And so I love that. But when you're dealing with these consumers and you're dealing with all these clients, dude, I'm like an overpriced babysitter. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I kind of like in last year it hit me and like this year it's like, like really bugging me. So I, I've been forming this exit strategy for like the last eight months, but yeah. Well, how, so I'm trying to point together or put together the timeline here. So you graduate high school early, you're 17. You go on, you're working for a few years, you're doing a thing. At 19, you say, I'm done, screw this, I'm out. And then 
what happens next? How old are you now? How long have you been running the real estate company? You're, tell everybody where, uh, where you're about to head to. I think it's official now, but uh, you know, talk about what the next move is for you. The next move is Miami. I'm freaking there excited. I'm ready to, I'm ready. Uh, I'm ready for a different chapter in my life where I'm not stuck in six months of depressing weather. Um, but yeah, man, like it's just, it's crazy. So we have um, six months of depressing weather here in Texas as well, but it's probably the opposite of what you're, what you experience up there in Columbus, Columbus. I'm sure it's six months of uh, being snowed in here. Yeah. You just walk outside and have a heat stroke. I think yesterday it was 109 degrees. That's not the feels like temperature. That is like the actual temperature in Dallas, Texas. And then we'll get to the winter and it'll be like not near as cold as Columbus. But when we start hitting, I don't know, December, January, February timeframe, on a typical day, it'll probably be in the 20s. And then in the summer, yeah. it's in the hundreds. So I live in probably like the worst weather ever. <laughs> really? Yeah, not, I'm with you. But I, w- I would trade you in a heartbeat. Like, dude, I'd rather wa- run outside and sw- sweat than freaking step in slush and be like, I hate my life. <sighs> so I, I guess know. the grass is always greener, man. The grass is always yeah. greener. I've never experienced... Uh, a, a true like northern winter and i've hardly seen that much snow in my life so yeah. i'll i'll let you attest to it and i'll i'll shut yeah. my mouth for now but <laughs> okay so tell everyone about uh this this move to miami kind of comes with the end of the real estate business and the exit strategy you're gonna you're going into something else that you've already started out uh started working on here on the side uh tell everybody about what that is and kind of what your goals are with that so um I, so I ran this real estate company for four and a half years, five years now, almost. Um, and my, I, it, I it, like, so like dude, last month I've, I've, I've been feeling very lost. Like I need to find my passion. I need to find what I'm good at. So I went and hired a, a coach or a mentor for like 10 grand and his strength is helping people find their strengths. So like when we went and then finding a market for it. So, so we went and talked and, and met and I was like, holy crap, I need to hire this guy. I need to figure it out. I need to hire this guy. So I hired him and then we took a lot of personality tests. We took a lot of tests and like, and like it came back around to, he's like, Boris, you're really good at systems. You're really organized. You're really like, you just did this to your business. Like you do not realize that there's like a lot of freaking people that need this in their business. So he kind of brought that awareness to me. And ever since he planted that seed, I was like, holy crap, you're right. Like you're right. So uh, I started a company called Growth Innovated where we come into businesses. So I have like my fourth client currently. And we're scaling like crazy right now because we're doing a crap ton of outreach on Instagram. Uh, I just hired a VA for that. Um, so that's, that's who messaged you actually. <laughs> but uh, um, yeah, so like I realized that my, my passion is coming into a business and seeing what the bottlenecks are and, and literally like taking it and like shrinking it down and seeing like, look, this is, could be solvable. This could be delegated. This can be, uh, this could be done this way in order to increase the CEO's time. Like, like the most important thing in the world is them doing just high dollar tasks. If it's not high dollar tasks, then they should be spending time with their family or focusing on their health and they should not be doing these tedious tasks. So I like a bunch of people don't do that. Like their business runs them. They don't run their business. So yeah, that's, that's the goal. That's what I'm chasing. And Miami just seems like a great place for that as well. Yeah, I uh, I might have to have you give me like thirty seconds of free advice here on the podcast, man, because I'm sitting here and I'm I'm trying to figure out how I want to systemize the podcast because right now it goes in ebbs and flows. And I told you we talked about it a little bit off air a minute ago about how 
it's hard to keep the momentum. I'll go through, you know, a phase where I'll have four, five, six interviews in a, you know, every week in a row, posting content, got the reels out, the whole nine Instagram followers shoot up, likes, engagement, everything shoots up, podcast episode views and listens shoots up. That's obviously the most notable number, the one I get paid for, very little, but the one I get paid for. And um it's it, it's all me. It's all me doing it. And I have a full time job. And yeah. it ain't just a nine to five. Sometimes it's a seven to seven. I mean, I'm I'm putting in some hours with the full time job, which takes away from this. So I'm I'm looking into some ways to maybe hire a VA, hire somebody that can do some of the more tedious tasks for me. I need some editors. I need some people that can put some content together for me without me having to touch it yeah. or mess with it. So Dude, so what you need to be doing is you have long form content. So you're you're gonna you're gonna be on YouTube, Spotify, whatever, Apple Music, whatever it is. So you have long form content. The beautiful thing about long form content is you can go on Fiverr or Upwork, hire a VA per video, and have them chop up that video into thirty second to forty five second segments of your of your like best moments in that podcast, and then repurpose that for Reels, TikToks, Facebook, and YouTube Shorts. So like if you have all of these at once and like, dude, it's like the same thing. Like you add captions, you clean it up and you just repurpose that video for all of those platforms every single day. So that way you have one long form content once a week and then short form content a couple of times a day. And that can be posted by the VA and handled. Um, so that's what I See, you already made my life easier, man. See, if, if, if you don't know, if you're listening to this and, and you need some advice, you know where to go find it now, but. And I'm about to ask for some more advice, uh, right. not related to me, just in general. I'm curious, man. I am impressed with your Instagram. And so I want to know, tell, tell me about Instagram, man. Tell me about your social media strategy. I know you're probably not just on Insta, but that's probably like the most notable. Tell me about the 75,000 followers. Tell me about how that came to be, what your strategy is, some advice for some young entrepreneurs. Yeah. What, what can we do or what can they do to be better? Dude, it's consistency. Like that, that is such a cliche thing to say, but like it's literally consistency. Like one day, like dude, what, like it's such a slow grind with Instagram. I remember all of my reels were getting like a hundred views, and then two hundred views, and then three hundred views, and like month four it was like a thousand views, and then and then now it's like ten thousand plus, twenty thousand plus, a hundred thousand, whatever. So like, dude, it's such a slow grind. It, and that's it, posting it, what, like once a day, twice a day once a day ish, like once a day, but like, that's the beauty of it, dude. Like if you go and you take your, like, you got to You got to go on Upwork and find someone. And like, that's the fastest way you're going to grow the podcast. If you go and take it and take one long form and put it into five short form, and then you have a daily thing you're posting on every single platform, dude, it's, it's, it's going to skyrocket um, over the next six months. Um, it, it just takes time for the algorithm to like catch up and then you build your little tribe just <laughs> People, people love short form content. That's the beauty of it. Well, see, look, you just, you signed yourself up for another episode of the show. So what you just did there is you, you gave me some advice. You gave me, you gave me some homework. Um, so later I'm going to go home and I'm going to, I'm going to write up, you know, I'm going to go on Upwork. I'm going to go on Fiverr. I'm going to find me a V. I'm going to find somebody to chop up these, these clips, uh, add some captions to them, post them the whole nine. I'm not even going to worry about that. I'm just going to pay them. They're going to do it in awesome. six months. I'm going to have you back on the show. You signed up for another episode we're going to talk through how things have changed. And if that doesn't get you more business, then I don't know what will. Because hopefully, <laughs> I mean, I believe you. I trust you. Things are going to work out for me in the long run. But um, you will. Yeah. So in addition to the Instagram stuff, tell me about, I guess I want to take a step back here and talk more about 
um, your life. I know I, I didn't realize this at first, but you mentioned your family is originally from Ukraine. Obviously, that's a huge story right now. Um, I don't know if that's necessarily aligned with this next question because I know you said you're, you've always grown up in Columbus. But tell me about you know some of the biggest fa- some of the biggest challenges you faced in your life, and you know how how did you kind of grow from that experience? Um, some of the biggest challenges. So like, all right. So one of the biggest challenges for me was personally was my parents came here and I was the first kid that came here. Um, so they were shoving Ukrainian down my throat. So like I knew no English and my parents were very, very conservative. So we weren't allowed to have a TV in the house or anything like that. Like they came from very conservative background. So I couldn't learn English from the TV. I couldn't do any. So all I knew was Ukrainian and some Russian. And then I went into school and like, bro, all I knew how to say is hello. And like, I like I felt like a little dumbass. Like that's how I felt because everyone's like trying to talk to me. And like I was in ESL for like five years. Like, dude, I didn't know English one bit. Like it's just like that was one of the hardest things. And uh yeah, like I don't know why my parents were just like Ukrainian. I'm like, dude, we're in freaking America. We're not going back to the communism place. Like, dude, it's just like so that was one of the biggest challenges for me. And then um that so that was that was that was yeah that was a big one but then the second challenge was dude no one believes in you until you've accomplished something so like that was the second challenge like when i like when i like literally said guys i'm not going to college i'm not doing this like i can't do this like it bugs me to sit here and listen to someone teach me about business who has never had a business in their life they can't teach me anything so i told him that and like all these different things and uh so second, like biggest, the hardest hurdle was like proving to myself and to my parents that like, like, dude, I got to make it. And that was like a nice little motivation and like fire under my ass the whole time. Cause like, I was like, dude, like I have to make it. And then after like a couple of years, I'm like buying my parents vacations and doing this and doing this. And like, they're like, all right, maybe we were wrong. Um, so that was, that was the second biggest hurdle I think I've had to overcome. Yeah, no, I completely agree with all of that, man. And I, I agree with you in the sense that those definitely should have been or could have been or were struggles that you had to overcome in your life. And it's interesting to hear how everybody handles their struggles differently and everybody goes through different things. Uh, regardless, as I always kind of say on the podcast, the the whole purpose of this this episode, this show in general, is to showcase to the listeners, to the people out there that may not feel they have any value to add, that may not feel that you know they're really living a story-worthy life that they are. They're living an incredible, story-worthy life, and it's people like you um, who showcase where you're from, the background you've had, what you've done in your life, and even though you not you, you know, you haven't reached the level of success that you want to see yet, you have lived a story-worthy life, and you've hopefully been able to motivate some people on the show to realize that they've done the same thing. And so that's the whole purpose of this, man. We want people to really go out and have an impact made on them by the people that come on this show. And I think that you've done that so far, but that kind of flows into this next question here. And I want to know about some of the people who have made an impact on you. So tell me about maybe a few of the people you've met. Um, It can be a fun story about someone famous. It could be a sentimental story about someone you love, just kind of whatever you're feeling. Um, Some are some, I, I, I think, all right. So like truth be told, so, I've, I've spent like $60,000 in mentorships and coaches in the last two years because no one from my family comes from like entrepreneurial background. So I needed to seek those kind of people. So those people were a huge inspiration for me. Um, and like, once you pay you're emotionally, financially, 
psychological, everything, everything in you is invested into growing because you've literally paid a lump sum and you're like, damn, RP my credit card next month. You know, like, <laughs> like, like, so that was one of the biggest things for me. Cause that really pushed me out of the comfort zone and was like, damn, dude, you have to step it up. You have to do this and this and this. Um, so that, and then my mom, like my mom, like was always believing me. Like she always like, she like, like she, I don't know. She like, even though they came from like a scarcity mindset and like a background of like pure communism and pure scarcity, she always like, like believed in me. Like, I'd be like, mom, I'm going to like, I'd show like, as a, even like a kid, I'd be like, mom, like, look at that jet. I want it. Like, I'm going to have it one day. And she's like, yeah, you will son. And like that kind of stuff, like ingrained in me. So like that, like, I, I feel like I, I owe it to them. You know, like our parents did, my parents did everything for me. So it's like, yeah, I just, that that's a huge motivating factor as well. Awesome. Well, you kind of talk a little bit here and there about spending money and having, you know, wanting all these great things, wanting to be so successful in finance. You said right now at the beginning of the podcast, you're kind of, you're chasing the money, but you're finding what you're passionate about, which is, you know, the best thing you could ask for. Tell me about, you know, we'll take a, a dip into current events here. Tell me about what you think about the current state of our economy. Everybody's got an opinion, even, even if, you know, Sometimes I, I avoid stating my opinion because I feel like it's not something I really have a place to say my piece of. Um, but yeah. regardless, what's your opinion on the state of the economy? Everybody's talking inflation, recession yeah. warning signs. Everybody's yeah. scared. Um, Biden doesn't think that there's anything going wrong. He doesn't. He said today Dude. or yesterday that we're not going into a recession. So well, what's your take on it? I like to hear right. everybody's opinion. So I'm very transparent. I think we have the biggest idiot in the office I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> and he's straight up a puppet, which leads down into our economy for one. And then for two, it makes America look weak. So like this guy's falling off a damn bike. He can't speak. He can't do anything. He can't think for himself. Um, and I'm not really into politics, but like, like, dude, everything that's been going on in the U S is kind of insane. Um, and then with, with the economy wise, um, I believe that like, dude, Biden's like, Biden's just not trying to scare the, uh, the public currently, but dude, we're about to enter into hyperinflation here soon. Once they do another rate increase. And then we're going to, we're, we're, dude, we're already in a recession. Like whether they want to like state it or not, like we're already in a recession. Like look at the prices of literally everything. Um, these, and, and then as soon as you see these major corporations halt, hiring process and then a month later start firing people like dude it's just a trickle down effect so like i i like to play chess and i like to look at like every little manure like that's going on like what's going on like what's the real news because like obviously what's on like mainstream media is a joke um and what they want you to hear but um so i think that i think it's a whole lot uglier uglier than what people think and i think that we really need to get our houses in order in the next in the next six months because it's going to get really ugly before november elections and i just it's scary so with uh i know you kind of say it as a, a metaphor there get our houses in order but as someone in the real estate game talk to me about how that might affect the real estate game what's your take on the current housing market i'm someone who's probably looking to buy a house in the next year or so and uh, i'm just kind of i've been doing my research i don't come from a real estate background i don't come from an investing background uh, yeah. I'm an accountant by nature, so I, I'm a consultant for my full-time job. But yeah. um, I guess the question here is, 
explain to someone, explain to a sixth grader, basically, um, the current state of our housing market. So our current state of the housing market is we've been in a seller's market for the last four years, meaning the sellers have had every single advantage possible. And they're, the, the amount of supply compared to the demand has never caught up to each other. So we've sellers have had the upper hand for years now. And the tide is turning only, excuse me, um, only because interest rates have gone up so high in such a short amount of time that the affordability factor is like, it, it just makes it so much harder. Like, whereas there was 15 uh, offers per listing, now there's four, three, um, because these people's price points are getting reduced. Like, dude, someone from, uh, we went from a 3.5 interest rate to a, a 7.5, almost, almost eight, like, like, like so fast that an additional, that additional 4% or so, like it's an additional $300 a month, depending on your purchase price and interest rate. Like people are getting priced out and it's going to get kind of ugly because I think majority of markets are just going to like, I don't think anything's going to happen. Like, I don't think that we're anywhere near like 2008. That's not going to happen. Like a lot of people have way too much equity in their homes. But I do think that the buyers are going to have a huge advantage in the next year um, and will be able to get homes at asking price and not compete with 30 offers. And it's going to be a whole lot easier. Hey, that makes, I mean, that, that, those are things I love to hear as someone who, you know, year, year and a half from now is probably looking to buy a house, like I said. So yeah. uh, thanks for that vote of confidence there. That, that kind of <laughs> helped me out a little bit. Uh, yeah. But okay, so I guess a little lighter topic now. Talk I, I, on your. Uh, I, I go back to your Instagram because that's how we met. But on your Instagram, when I was checking you out, you had some uh, some different reels there and some different uh, story locations. And I wanted to ask about some places you travel because that was one of the coolest stories that I was able to flip through. Um, talk to me about some of the trips you've gone on, some of the travels that you've done in your life. Uh, where were some of your favorites? What'd you do? Something yeah. Like yeah, I do. It. All right. So I, I, I'm just now starting to like, 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 uh, just post all that stuff. He's really shy about posting. Um, so I've like, all right, I have fallen in love with California. Oh my God. I would live there if, all right, if California had Florida's governor, I'd be there tomorrow. <laughs> I'd be there tomorrow. Um, so like if, the, if that was how it was, I'd be there tomorrow. Cause I, so I've gone like my favorite places have been like the West coast majority. So like I've been to Cali a few times and then Seattle two times last year, uh, Vegas last year. Um, Vegas is way too damn hot. Um, I love a good time in Vegas. I got a buddy of mine that plays poker out there pretty frequently. And so, yeah. uh, anytime I can make the Vegas trip, it's a good time. <laughs> yeah, dude. I, I went there for the first time and I felt 127 degrees and I'm like, what is yeah. It's like a sauna. Like yeah. we went on a boat and I was just like, dude, I hate this. Um, but mm. so, I mean, I went to Ukraine. Ukraine was beautiful. Um, and then I love going to Mexico. Like I love going to Mexico. Um, we go at least like once a year. And then um, so Cali- I went for the first time this past, I didn't mean to cut you off, but man, yeah. I went to Mexico for the first time this past year. And I, I have to agree. It was a lot of fun. I, it was, uh, I guess I didn't have like the greatest expectations or really any expectations for that matter. Yeah. Um, but we went with a good group and they kind of had been before, knew what they were doing, uh, knew where to go, what to do, the whole nine. And so I think that was why I really enjoyed it so much. One, beautiful. Um, yeah. But two, 
it's just kind of a fun atmosphere, a fun place to be. I was there for, you know, a holiday. We had spring break week. And so that was a little wild, but I can't say that I necessarily partook in a lot of the spring break activities. I am a little aged out of that, that age bracket that was having fun for spring break, but regardless, uh, Mexico was a good time. Yeah. I love that place. I love it. So I'd say my favorite places are Mexico and Cali. Um, Cali, dude, there's something about Cali. Like there's something about it. It's just, it's something about it. I don't know what it is, dude. Like LA specifically, San Diego. No, I, I, so I, I've never been to LA, but I've, I love San Francisco. San Francisco is beautiful. So I've walked the whole Golden Gate Bridge back and forth a few times. And then they have these little bunkers, like, because it used to be like a war zone. And they have these bunkers. So I, I literally climb into every single bunker there. And then my favorite part, dude, like I, I just remember like, like these nights where we'd grab a six pack of Corona and grab some burritos. And then like we would drive through these roads and there's mountains on the right and like the ocean on the left and there's palm trees and like these roads are like swerving like this. And it's just like, like, dude, nothing beats it. Like, it's such a weird thing. Cause like nothing will beat that memory of mine. And like, even like I told my wife, she got kind of offended. I was like, when we went on our honeymoon, like it was a good time. Don't get me wrong. I was like, it's still not my favorite vacation. Like, wasn't the same though. <laughs> yeah, it was still not my favorite vacation. And like, I have to be honest, but like Cali was, dude, it's something about it. Oh, well, that is one place on my bucket list to go. Um, I'm still waiting. And there's a couple of places in the United States. I, I'm not very well traveled outside of the U.S. Been to Belize, been to Mexico, um, very beachy towns, which both great times. Uh, I want to take a Europe trip eventually. That's a big, you know, bucket list item for me. And then also, uh, I'm a big fan of New York, man. And so my family's not originally from New York, but we've got like a big Catholic Italian family. And so like going back, like we've always traveled to New York and visited plenty of times. And I think somewhere way down the line, we actually are from New Jersey or something, but nowhere really to that I know of, um, not that close. And uh, so anyways, New York is the place I've grown up just knowing as the most wonderful, magical place in the world. Been a handful of times. Absolutely love it. Uh, my claim to fame is that I got to see a Yankees game in the old Yankee Stadium in 2009 because uh, they tore it down at the end of that season. Yeah. And that was like one of my favorite moments in life like to date. Uh, yeah. But no, on my bucket list is California, Boston, and then I've never been skiing. And so that's like a big one for me. So Yeah, skiing's awesome. But okay, so um, – you brought something up earlier and I wanted to touch on it again. I forgot to ask you in the moment, but when you were going through all the things that you've learned about your business and everything that you've been able to the mentors that you've had, um, aside from going out and finding mentors yourself, one, um, who do you watch? Just like, I mean, everybody that's got these entrepreneurial dreams, they, they've watched somebody on YouTube before they've yeah. seen somebody the newer age has seen somebody on TikTok. Um, hell, they might have seen your videos before. Tell me about like who you watched growing up or who you watch to this day, who you get inspiration from. So, dude, a lot of my inspiration comes from Andy Frisella, um, and the 75 Hard Challenge. I've done that like three times. So like that's such a huge component of my life because I do it once a year at least. And then um, Ed Milet, I love Ed Milet, and then Bradley and then Sean Whalen. Uh, I don't know if you know who that is. I met him. He's, he owns this company called Lions Not Sheep. He's a phenomenal speaker. Um, but I met him like the other week and it was really cool. Like I got a picture with him. It was super cool. That is um, awesome. But these are like my motivational like people that like I like they, they just crush it. And like I only look at people that 
crush it in every atmosphere of life. Cause I'm not really interested in just chasing money. Like if someone's just, if they're rich, but they're a scumbag and their family life sucks, like that is so unattractive that like ruins the, like the vision of success for me. So like, I only like people that they have a healthy marriage. They take care of their body. They like, they do whatever they need to do to take care of their mind. And then they go and get after it in business. And like, that's, that's the only people I like to listen to. Nice. I like that. So I know these days, um, I don't know if you still watch or consume a lot of content um, as you've got a busy life going on with a wife, your family time, your business that you're running, the new business that you're you know, trying to scale and move to Miami with. Um, what does a typical day look like for you? Well, what do you do in a day, man? Yeah. I know you're not responding to Instagram DMs because that's what your VA is for, apparently. So I was talking to somebody else. No, no, no. no. I, I respond. I respond. They send the initial message. So they no, respond. I'm messing with you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they send out, yeah, they send out 150 messages a day and I, I respond to all the people. Uh, the, um, but uh, a normal day for me. So every day looks the same. That's the beauty of it. Like my life is very like organized and like when it doesn't go this way, like I hate it. Um, so I wake up at 530 every morning, I hop into a cold shower and then I have a cold shower and then I get out, brush my teeth, do my thing. And then every morning I have the same morning routine. So I, I pray, I meditate, I do Wim Hof, uh, breathing exercise. And then I read, um, some book, 10 pages of some book. I read the Bible and then I write down 10 things I'm grateful for. And then write down some affirmations. So I do this every single day. And then, um, and then after that, so like it's five 30. So that, that all takes me an hour. So I do that in the first hour. So it's six 30. Then I go wake up my wife Well, I wake up my wife, like before I start reading. So she has time to get ready. And like, by the time I'm done reading, it's like perfect timing. And then we go for an hour walk every single day. And that's such a key component to our marriage and like just a healthy, just lifestyle. So we go for an hour walk every single morning, no matter if it's cold or hot or rainy or whatever. So we just suck it up and go. And then, um, And then, so I come back, I take my supplements and then it's go time. It's like usually around like eight around this time. So I start working. So I wake up at five 30, I start working around eight. And then I usually work till about seven, eight, um, all, all day. And then usually I I like to work at home. I hate going to the office. I can't stand anymore. Um, Mm -hmm. especially ever because I like, I'm all about productivity. So it's like, uh, well, I got this monitor. I freaking love this monitor. Um, and it's like a 49 inch, like curved, like it's huge. And then, um, I realized when I was at the office, I would be just screwing around too much. Like it's super easy for me to get distracted. Like my employees would walk up to me, or, like the, my partner would walk up to me, like what, whatever. And like we sit there and chit chat for 20 minutes and like again and again and again and again. And then like, before I know it, I wasted an hour and a half of my, uh, my day. And I'm just like, what am I doing? And then it's a 20 minute drive and 20 minute drive back. So I'm like, I wasted two and a half hours. So ever since I stopped, like, I'm like, yo, you guys need something. We're getting on zoom. It's gonna be a 20 minute meeting and I'm going back to work. Um, so that's what my day looks like. I love working at home. And then I like to take like, uh, like to decompress around seven 30, whatever. My wife has dinner made. Usually we eat some dinner and then we go for another walk and, or bike ride. Ooh, a bike ride. I, I, that's something I need to I need to get into. But no, it sounds like you've got a pretty structured life, man. That's impressive. Um, and I'm sure that after a while, it just becomes commonplace for you to do those things. It becomes routine, which is obviously the whole purpose. Um, do you think that your? I'm assuming that your systems mindset has a lot to do with the way that you structure your, your daily life. Hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. 
I, uh, I can't say that my life is that structured, but I've got a, a pretty decent routine uh, doing similar items. I, I don't do as much, um, I guess, thought-provoking or spiritual activity, but I, I do a lot of work. <laughs> I do a lot of work. I do a lot of exercise, do a lot of time with my fiance. So um, things like that I prioritize. And do those are the things that I make sure I bucket time for in my day. Do you do gratitude? I, like I said, I'm Catholic, so I pray. And part of that is just kind of talking to God about what I'm thankful for. Um, So I don't specifically write down, you know, gratitude or affirmations, but it might be something I should get into. Yeah, dude. Well, here's the thing about that. So the beauty of that, like, I don't see like it has any correlation with any religion or whatnot. It's just simply the state of like being grateful for what you have. And dude, like that is such a phenomenal thing. Like I literally, I bought like 20 plus gratitude books in like the last year, just hand them out to people. Cause like, it's a life-changing thing that, uh, that's happened around me uh, to me. And it's like in the, like now subconsciously in a tough moment, I find the good in it. And like that literally happens by me writing down 10 things I'm grateful for every day. Like, I'm grateful for my wife. I'm grateful for my health. I'm grateful to be here today. I'm grateful for my new mentor. Like I'm grateful for this new client, like whatever it is. But like your brain keeps expanding and you just like keep thinking and thinking and thinking and thinking. And you're just like, holy crap, dude, there's so much good around me. And like you just seek that. It's like a gratitude slash abundance mindset. Love it. You know, I've never actually thought about it that way and all the ways that it can actually almost help you be grateful for more things and help you realize how much good there really is in your life. I like the way that you said that because typically I've always brushed that idea. It's something, you know, I've heard online before. I've heard other people mention something that I've always just almost brushed to the side, just as I don't have time for that. Like as, as much good as I want to do during the day, as much things as I want to get accomplished or as many things as I'd like to get accomplished, that's just going to have to be put to the wayside. That's on the back burner for me. But when you realize that it actually does have some pretty cool benefits, I think it might be something that, you know, I might start working towards, but yeah. Yeah. Thanks. All right. Well, speaking of things to work towards, talk to me about what some of your biggest goals are. And if you have, you know, what, what's the, next baby step you're reaching for to get there. So dude, at my last, I want to listen to is like, guys, like whatever you want in life, you have to literally think about it all the time because your subconscious mind doesn't know the difference between reality and your like your desired outcome. Like your subconscious mind does not know the difference between the two. So like when I sit here and I look at like, like one of them is like a hundred K in Bitcoin. Another one's a six pack. Another one's an office in Miami. Another one's more date nights. Like I literally have a Tom steak on here because my goal was to have more steaks this year because i freaking love steak and it makes me happy um another one's a private jet another one's like uh, like a bunch of books and i've been reading like crazy like a madman so like and then like another one's like 100k insta followers so it's like these things i look at every single day and like i'm working towards them so these the things i guess i'm working towards is acquiring as much bitcoin as humanly possible um and then i'm really trying to just find out find the perfect place in Miami already like narrowed down like the exact building I want. It has to be towards the water. It has to be two bedrooms so I can have my office space. So that studio set up. And then, um, so that's the biggest thing. But like, I guess the biggest, biggest thing I'm working on right now is completely getting the hell out of real estate. So it does not like tie me down at all. And I just want to be completely in this business and, and just have like a fresh, start and just like everything in my company i just want to sell it and just get rid of it and like be done so that's that's what i'm working towards sounds like you've got some really awesome goals that you're striving for some big things 
Uh, I hope that, like, I sincerely hope that you accomplish all of them. I'm pulling for you. I appreciate the great advice that you've given. Um, is there, is there anything else that you'd like to say, or uh, you know, to your followers, to anybody that might be listening to the podcast? Um, a shout out to anyone, or any anything you want to say that maybe I didn't give you the chance to. Um. Uh, dude. So, like, I guess for like anyone that's listening that wants to like make it, like, dude, like I'm 23 years old. And I just had an early start on everything because I just like, I was like, I just dove deep into it. So I guess the thing is like, dude, go with your freaking gut, like go with your gut. Like if something's like, dude, what are you doing at this job? Get the hell out of there. What are you doing at this college? Get out of there. Like ever since I started following my gut, good things happen. Once you stop, start listening to your gut and stop using your mind because your mind's just like problem this is gonna screw up this is gonna happen and like when you just like follow your gut and your heart and it's like like dude you figure it out and it's so beautiful because like my biggest thing is i will never ever ever sit on my deathbed and say i regretted something ever and i know that and i tell my wife that all the time i will never do that because i'm very transparent for one and then for two like if something intrigues me i go for it i don't care how expensive how hard how time consuming i go for it and so that kind of like mentality is such a must. And like a lot of people, a lot of people like need to hear that because like, dude, like, and, and all right, last thing, I guess, dude, no one has it figured out. Like a lot of these people want to like, they're like scared to jump in. Like, dude, I like, no one has it figured out. Like, like two weeks ago, I was in this networking event and like everyone around me is worth like a mil plus two, whatever. Like a guy was worth like 500 mil. And like, he just started this guy. I was talking to this guy. He said, he's worth, he's worth $500 million. We sat there at the table, me and him were talking. We became friends. He gave me his book and signed it. And we were just talking in like, he's like, yeah, Boris, I just started this company. I have no damn clue what I'm doing. And I'm like, what did you say? Like, and he's like, yeah, like I have no clue what I'm doing. I just sold this company for a hundred million. Uh, like this is my net worth right now. I have no clue what I'm doing with this company, but I'm going to figure it out. Like I have with all these other companies and I'm like, like, dude, no one has it figured out. So like that, like, dude, yeah, people, too many people stop because they're like, ah, I'm scared. It's not the right timing. Like no one has it figured out. This guy's worth like 20, like 50 times what I'm worth and is like still in the same place. I am how I feel every single day. It's crazy. Mm. Damn, that's inspiring. And uh, I think you've given the listeners a lot of great things to talk about, man. So I, I got to say, I, I really do appreciate you being on the show, man. Things have been great these last 45 minutes sitting here chatting with you, picking your brain about all the you know things you have going on in your business and your personal life, what's happened in your past, the goals you have looking to the future. I really sincerely think that this will be a way that in, in, in a podcast episode that inspires people to go out there and accomplish the mission of this podcast, live a story worthy life of their own. I love that. I hope, I hope they take something positive away. And dude, I hope we talk in six months and your channel is blowing up. Cause I'm telling you like, dude, if you do one podcast a week and like another piece of advice, cause I have a podcast. Well, I had a podcast that stopped it because it's all about real estate and I hate real estate, but um, <laughs> what we'd always have three episodes ahead. So like something happens, like you're sick or someone cancels. We always have three episodes ahead and then short form content was planned out ahead of time. So like we had a month of content in advance every single time. And then when like, like, dude, there's no stress on you. Like if someone cancels or something happens, like there's no stress on you for one. And then for two, like, dude, 
that the daily storefront content on all those all four of those platforms it's insane what happens like it's insane what happens like dude it, it like it starts hitting the algorithm and like one day it's like bam 100,000 views and then bam another 1,000 views on your youtube and then bam like 100 subscribers there like you're just like holy crap like this is nuts so um, i'll take I your word wait. for it and i'm gonna i'm gonna yeah. give it my best shot because uh, right now that's i think that's one of the biggest things is uh, i do it when it's convenient and that's a cause for a lot of inconsistency. Um, but I think maybe you might've pushed me over the edge of finally, you, you pushed me to the tipping point of finally having someone else take a little bit of the work off of me. Yeah. And just kind of forking over the money to have somebody kind of maintain the, the social presence for me, which might, might actually uh, help turn a bigger profit in the long run, or at least help me get some bigger interviews in the long run. And yeah. I, I can't, I can't thank you enough for being here, man. Uh, who knows where we'll be in six months, but we will hop back on and do another episode here towards the end of the year. Um, but if you guys listen and want to keep up with Boris, you can find him on Instagram at B-O-R-I-S-P-O-S-Y-K. As always, follow the podcast on Instagram and Twitter at up to the mic underscore pod. And we'll see you in the next one. I love it. Awesome, brother. Yeah. I'm like an addict, do I gotta have it? I ain't even playing, got a really bad habit.